Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corn Roof Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside the Italian Viking, the TikTok myth, the man, the myth, the legend. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Ordazzo. Um, Folks, we made it. The tampering period is here. And I have gotten more texts over the last 24 hours about, oh, your Eagles are letting guys go. I'm like, we can't pay everybody. Listen, TJ Edwards, Javon Hargrave, and Marcus Epps all career years. The only one that hurt me was Epps because that's my dog. I love Marcus, man. It sucks, but at least he's going to my uncle's team. He's going to be a great starter for them. Uh, I'm ecstatic for uh, Marcus Epps. But you want a little prediction, Matthew? Oh, Marcus Epps going. Marcus Epps going to the Raiders, and um, Javon Hargrave leaving means the Eagles have cap space for a certain safety who played for them last year to go with Reed Blank Reed Blankenship in the back end of the defense. So, is it going to be perfect? Hopefully, we get him back. See my boy CJ GJ back, but apparently, also Bradbury and the Eagles want to reunite again. And Slay's not getting traded. That whole thing was just in case <clears throat> they couldn't work out a restructure, which apparently they're going to. I don't know. All I know is it's going to be fun. But, guys, we got a great show today. On top of it being the World Baseball Classic in full swing, NBA's heating up. Um, March Sadness for me kicking off. We also have a great guest. A lot of you guys know him as one of my favorite guests on the show. He is the founder of Juice Media, is rocking over a million followers on YouTube and TikTok. This man, not only he has that little cool little plaque in the background of his background, by the way, the little YouTube plaque. I love that thing. Ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legend, Pittsburgh Yinzer, and one of my all-time favorite people, ladies and gentlemen, the rhino, Frank Michael Smith. That's an incredible intro. These keep getting better, man. Let's go. Let's have a show. I right, listen, man. I knew you were coming on. I, I was like rehearsing it, driving home in traffic today. I was like, I got to make sure I, I do, <laughs> do my guy right. Um. Uh, by the way, Frank, this is I think you've officially been on. Where I actually have a co-host. This is my boy Matt. We went to college there together. We What's up, Matt? What's going on, man? Nice to meet you. <clears throat> Likewise, Frank, it's just... good to be on. I mean, Jared and I, we've we've done some hours on here, so this should be, it should be great. My favorite thing was uh, when Frank goes, yeah, I'll host your live show with you. And I'm like, do you know what you're getting into? He goes, yeah, man, we got this. And I have, we actually got, we got into something heated last time you came on. I can't remember what it was about, but you were like, you like finished your beer. He's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't remember what, it, I have to go back in the tapes. It was something NFL related and you and me were disagreeing on it wholeheartedly. But I said, you know, as far as guest hosts go, Frank is one of the best because Frank is 100% genuine. And it's always great having him on. But, Frank, we were talking NFL free agency. It's been wild the first day. Being an Eagles fan, everyone and their mother's been texting me about how, oh, you lost Epps. Oh, you lost Hargrave. Oh, you lost uh, 
Edwards. What about Slay? What about Gardner Johnson? I'm just like, guys, it's day one. Like, ask a, ask a Anthony Barr and the Jets how some of these deals go through. I don't care. Until the ink signs, yeah. I don't care. It's so much more about the draft, especially for a team like the Eagles that's drafted so well. Like, it, you should have no reason to be sweating at all. I, I, I'm not. I mean, honestly, you want my dream offseason. We bring back Slay. We restructure him. If we get Bradbury back, okay. I love James, but listen, I know he can get better money from Oakland or from Jacksonville. Yeah. I that, want that's, that's that's what you have to like. It's so rare that these free agency deals go well. Mm-hmm. The hit rate is so so low. Like my Steelers today lost uh, Cam Sutton. Yeah, he got so, three uh, years, thirty three. Three years, thirty three. Mm-hmm. Like that's an overpay. I like Cam Sutton. He had a great year, but I don't want him for that. I don't like him that much. Hey, you got the retirement home in Patrick Peterson. We got. Hey, I'm I'm conflicted on this. Like. It's been a long time since since I remember a corner that was 33 that could really hold down the one. But if anybody can – Yeah, right? Joe. I mean, but Joe Hayden was a little shaky towards the end. I, we, we love Joe Hayden. <clears throat> yeah. But if anyone can do it, I'm thinking Patrick Peterson can. You know, turn the, turn the clock back a little bit. Why not? He's like – he almost reminds me of like Deshaun Jackson where like his speed doesn't go away regardless of how old he gets. No, he, he's a football player, man. That's what he loves to do. I think he's like – I think he's making his move. I did not see the number come out. So if you guys know the salary number, that might change my opinion a little bit. I just saw it was two years. So Split screen mats on, on the case. I, yeah, I, so so that, I that could, just, it could change things. Nice but I doubt it's that much, man. I think he's getting towards the end of his career and he, he wants to play for a winner. I mean, depending on what Lamar does, you guys might be the second best team that's in that division. Because oh, I don't think, I think. I don't know what Can the hell is happening anymore. Let's just do it. So now, far, man. no it's compensation good. updates on Patrick Peterson. Okay, well, yeah, yeah we'll weird, talk right? It always comes out with compensation. I don't know why it didn't. Maybe, well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's still, maybe it was like a verbal agreement, and they're like, oh, we'll just figure the details out on, on Wednesday when the cap's clean. Uh, maybe. I don't know, because Pittsburgh's be. like, what, middle of the road? They're like around where Philly is for cap space. Yep, yeah, we don't have a lot. I mean, there's still moves we could make. Um, I'm pretty sure we could still cut Trubisky, which I would do. You know, he's getting paid like seven, eight million dollars to be the backup. That's look, man. You would he would be a decent backup for any team. But oh yeah, come on, man, eight million bucks, no way. <clears throat> he could also go get a guy like Garner Garner Minshew for like four, or even let maybe less. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to draft the guy in the fifth right? round. Pay him like yeah, right? the minimum. Yeah. Apparently they want us to go. Uh, I saw. I keep seeing mock drafts with the Eagles going out and getting the kid out of uh, the kid who's dating uh, Liv Cowherd, the the quarterback from UCLA. What's his freaking name? He's got like fourteen last names. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know either. I just know he's. He, he, they're like, oh, he's kind of Jalen Hurts esque, and I'm like, that's fine as long as y'all ain't trying to do this whole quarterback factory thing again. That was funny for one season because of that yeah. Carson's expense. Yeah, I mean, you guys played your hand so well. Um, how is I mean, that speak, speaking of speaking of the Eagles playing their hand well too? I I don't know this guy's name. I'm blanking on it right now. But the Steelers hired the guy who's who built the interior of the Eagles lines. So everyone's like banking on this guy in Pittsburgh right now, being like, he got all these guys together in Philly. He's gonna do the same thing here. We're gonna draft a beast O tackle. Like that's all Howie. I'm not trying to burst your bubble. That, that I was just gonna ask scientist. you, how much credit does this guy get in Philly? Okay, he's uh, so. I, I know the guy you're talking to. The fact that I don't know his name isn't a good sign for you. It's the fact that, like, anybody – like, listen, even ask Matt. Joe Douglas has been great for the organization. Howie Roseman's GM tree is terrifying because it's all a bunch of killers. These guys are evil geniuses when it comes to the cap, resigning guys, finding guys deep in, like, free agency. Howie, up until about two years ago, has been awful in the draft, so I'm not going to act like he was a superhuman with it. The Jalen Hurts pick was the first home run he's hit in a while. I was very against that pick at the time. Oh, I was I too. didn't see it. I did not see it with Jalen Hurts at all. I mean, I watched enough college football to know that he was not going to stand back there and just deliver darts. Like, that was that was not who he was. He spent all that time with Alabama, and it's hard to decide whether a quarterback's good at Alabama or not because he's playing around everyone who's going to the NFL. Yeah. And, and he was like, you know – 
he, he seemed like the dual threat guy that always doesn't work out in the NFL. I was so shocked. And you could see it a little bit in his rookie year, too. Or not his rookie year, but when he first got on the field, I was like, oh, man. Like, he stands back there and, like, he's not scared. Like, he's taking hits and he's throwing good balls. I, it was like a different person showed up. It was it's the Lincoln Riley effect. I swear that dude, he does something with these quarterbacks. I don't know if he is something with like mental therapy or counseling where he says, Hey, listen, sit back, pace yourself, and let it rip. <clears throat> I mean, it <clears throat> I, I've been saying that for a while. There's no cap on coaching. You can pay no. the coaches whatever you want. Your team, all of these teams are worth at least two billion. The coach is probably, you know, if not the first person, the the quarterback's most important person in the building. The coach might mm-hmm. be number two. Why right. aren't you paying that guy like twenty million? The only issue is if you miss, right? We saw this with the Raiders last year, where like they basically couldn't fire Josh McDaniels because they didn't have enough money in escrow to fucking fire him. And I'm like, they owe, they owe, they owe Gruden all that money, and he's suing himself. And it's like he still has uh, look, like five I, more I'm years left on that deal, a ten year deal. How about a two-year deal? <laughs> I just – it's just like I, – I think it's just the Raiders are like the are like the joke to the – to the, the they're like the exception to the rule where most co- like teams can like – all right, when the Eagles fired Peterson, he had one more year left on this deal. They had, Lori had enough money to float the contract. It was no problem. We're talking mobile quarterbacks who can sling it. You said Lamar Jackson. I wanted to hear your thoughts on this because – the way I look at it, and the more and more I hear guys talking, who you know who actually had a really good opinion about this was Pac-Man Jones. Was on your fellow Yinzers podcast, Pat McAfee, and he's chatting about how Mama Jackson, I think I, I can't I think her last name is Smith or Jones, whatever her name is, or I think it might be John. I don't even know who what, what his mom's last name is. Either way, she is representing him, right? Yeah. Her lack of connections on teams is killing them in negotiation. It killed them in the draft. Pac-Man literally looks at Pat and goes, dude, he went 32nd overall. They had to trade with Philadelphia to get back into the first round. And they had guy clowns like Josh Rosen and I see Ghost Arnold drafted ahead of him. And Lamar is supremely talented to everybody in that draft, except maybe Josh Allen. So they had well, nobody. Do you want to talk about the agency part of it first? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, listen, you're the one who actually has the agent, or at least I know you. I've actually talked to the man in the past. I don't know if he's still your agent, but I'm saying you've had an agent. You have one, whatever it is. I Yeah, I am. I'm yeah. rep by WME, William Morris Endeavor. They mm-hmm. they rep athletes, too. <laughs> My relationship with them is nothing like what they do with the yeah. athletes. Like, it's a very different game. But mm-hmm. if you can represent yourself, I, I have no issue with that. You know, mm-hmm. why not? If you If you're confident enough to do it and you feel like you have – the leverage and you can get this done and you know maybe you hire some lawyers on the side to help you cool i'm, I'm gonna be on your side on that one but if you're gonna go to <clears throat> war with the nfl and you're and you're going to have the most high profile free agency that we've seen in what like you know the oh, last five is, years i think the only thing it might have been worse um like kirk cousins was a big deal too this is similar that to was kirk more cousins. like the washington just bumbled the hell out of that thing Quarterbacks don't hit free agency. So basically, if you are going to be a quarterback that hits free agency, if you're not going to sign the extension, then you should probably hire an agent, man. Then you should definitely hire an agent. Like that is a totally different piece than just negotiating with the Ravens. Now you're negotiating with the entire Mm -hmm. NFL. Like, bro, I don't think your mom's up for the job. No offense to Mama Jackson. I don't think she's she's there for it. I agree. And also, I think the last high-profile free agent like this was Peyton. Because mm-hmm. yeah, Tom, right. basically, it's, it's Tom huge, basically was like, I'm picking good, like, and that makes a lot of sense. So that was what, like 2010? That was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2011, no, we were, or 2012. We, all of us were freshmen and all of us were freshmen in college when he went. Was, was, so was 2012 to 2013. Yeah, it was 2012. So to that's how long it's been, man. It's yeah. been 13 years. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit, Frank, you made me feel so old. <laughs> We've got Kirk Cousins and Peyton Manning. We've got two in 13 years. And if like you want to count it's Jimmy wild. Garoppolo, fine, but I'm not counting it. Yeah. That doesn't count. He, he's working. So he's more looking up which porn stars live in Oakland than he does actually care about the, the offense he's running. Uh, <laughs> with with Lamar, the kicker Jimmy with me G is in Vegas is a nice ring to it. I like. Dude, that. that's hysterical. I I completely scrapped on that one. Vegas, Jimmy G in Vegas. My uncle, who's a diehard Raiders fan, texted me nonstop because he listens to the show, and I'm like, 
I still hope they go get Stroud, even because I think he was the perfect draft fit for them. But I know McDaniels, and McDaniels is going to say, oh, I want this kid. He's either going to take a risk on Richardson at, at seven, or he's going to wait and go get like Hendon Hooker in the third round, who I think yeah, is a more we, polished Dak Prescott. But we talked about um, Anthony Richardson being a project, as a guy you don't want to start right away, but if you give him a year or two to sit, I think Jimmy G's a fine quarterback for him to yeah, sit behind. That's the case. Yeah, that, that is very true. Glass man. Everyone's starting to talk about Richardson now, but this is a guy who, if he had like one or two, maybe maybe just one more big win, we would have been talking about him for the Heisman. Like he was really, really good in a lot of these games. I even filmed a video about saying like, "Don't be surprised if Anthony Richardson goes number one overall." And then they had a couple letdown. I, I didn't I didn't put the video out because they had a couple letdown losses and I was like now there's no way but I, I probably should have put it out because now it's like my god this is in play again like he just crushes yeah. the combine and here we go it's like it's every year we do this cycle that's like me last year with last time you're on I had that North Carolina to the final four take and everyone thought I was an idiot I'm like listen this great. team rebounds and they play defense like that's a scary combo with Richardson and even we'll like we'll just circle back to Lamar quick and I'll just put a bow on this. Um, Lamar's biggest problem he's no connections. He's going to war with the whole process, and he should at least have somebody. Maybe the guy who brokered the Deshaun Watson deal. Don't even have to hire him. Just make him an employee for the week. Have him broker the deal. But the problem is the Deshaun I Watson contract. <laughs> I think that had more to do with just going to the Browns and they were so desperate. Listen, just, just bazooka that contract. It, look, did you see how they restructured that thing? It's $64 million for the next four years after this. Yeah, they, they found every loophole in the books to do that one. Oh, yeah, no. They're, they're, there's a dead cap year in 2027. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm in my office today and I'm literally like trying to like wipe my eyes. I'm like, that says what I think it says. And we're going with, you know, now we've got Anthony Richardson. And I look at what he goes to with the rate. If he goes to the Raiders, I think if McDaniels can just chill on the overcomplication of his offense, I think it's good. I think it's great. I just think the, the biggest problem is, is that that offense is like fucking trigonometry. <laughs> I, I, trying to understand it, it's like insane. I've heard people talk about Miami, but, and I would probably say the same thing. In, in my heart, I do think about the same things. But here's what I here's what I know. I went to Miami for the Steelers Dolphins game this year. Mm-hmm. First of all, they don't play in Miami; they play in Fort Lauderdale. They should rename the team. So, yeah. I went to Fort Lauderdale for the game. It was an awesome experience. I was there. I had some connections. Mm-hmm. I got to go to the Steelers locker room or not lock. I'm sorry, hotel. I rode the, on the bus with them to the game. It was sick. That's I had full sick. access. Wow. I was eating food with them in the hotel. I was I was dialed. All right. I'm in there. I'm like on the field pregame talking to all the Dolphins fans. I'm the only Steelers fan like in my crew. Tua played this game and he had sat out maybe a couple prior to this, whatever. And it was his first game back. And he immediately ran and kind of lowered his shoulder a little bit. And everyone was like, oh my God, whatever. Like, but the fans, their reaction was not like it didn't stay like that. They blast his name from the speakers. Tua. Every fan is fully in, in support of Tua. Like it is not a discussion down there. That's their guy. Like anyone else outside who's just like, oh, maybe they're reconsidering. I, I mean, go go down there. You'll you'll stop thinking about that immediately. That's you know it's a, you know it, you know I kind of I kind of agree with that. I, I, agree with it. I don't love Tua. I'm just saying. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying Tua. I agree. I, I'm agreeing with the concept of national media blowing things out of proportion. Oh, for sure. I've seen it also in the reverse where your uh, cross state ri- uh, rival city of Philadelphia, their media is the worst. I swear, uh, half these dudes from like, M- like from the local stations, I follow them on Twitter for my Eagles. And I'm like, and I'm like, guys, will you stop and just relax? It's not like the whole Hurts thing last year. Like, Hurts isn't the guy. We should go draft the quarterback. And I'm like, give the kid a full season with a new head coach. Like, chill. And I, I think with Tua in Miami, the whole Flores thing just started that off on a bad rip. I think, Look, they, I think Tua they, was, were, they were a successful team. 
They oh, were yeah. a good team last year. I, I don't I don't I don't know why you'd blow it up. I, I don't love Tua, but I would stick with him again if he can play football if his head's okay. The problem is Tua is the fourth best quarterback in his class. That's the problem. I mean, I get <laughs> it's funny, like getting a guy who can go so deep in Tyreek Hill and, and getting a quarterback who can never outthrow anyone. It's a strange dynamic. And then you have Waddle on the other side. It's just it's it's so weird to me, but it works. Like they were actually a good team. And of course, things the wheels fell off at the end of the season, but I'd ride it out. I'd definitely I ride too. it out. There's no reason to hemorrhage your entire salary cap for the next like what five years on going after Lamar. I think Lamar is gonna learn eventually that like those guaranteed contract that Deshaun Watson, that's an anomaly. It's never gonna happen again, or at least it's not gonna happen for a very long time because especially Lamar, who's been injured twice for extended periods of time in the last two seasons. It's not a good, it's not a good, his timing was terrible. He bet on himself and he missed. It happens. He should have played. He should have played football. I mean, I, I don't think the reports ever came out that said like he was cleared or anything, but when he first went down and what was it like week 13 or 14, like there was still a lot of football to be played. Yeah, the reports were, were never season-ending injury. That was never know, it was, reported. It was week to it was week to week. Yeah, it was, it was, it was one to week three and weeks. ended up being like a seven-week injury. I was like, yeah. what's what's going on here? Because Warner Johnson it, came back with a lacerated kidney after five, and I was like, and Lamar's got ankle problems. If you're going to bet on yourself, you have to play. Yeah, you have to play. This isn't college football where you're like, oh, let me skip the bowl game. Like this is the NFL. Like you got to be able to show you can play because. One of the big gripes about running quarterbacks and Lamar in particular the past few years is he's not available. So, yeah. you know, as a Steelers fan, I've seen a lot of Tyler Huntley. <laughs> it's been good. Smooth. I love playing against Tyler Huntley, but I'm also not that scared of playing against Lamar. No one in the AFC North is. He's think- good, and he had an amazing MVP season. And I'm not saying he can never be that guy again. He can, certainly can. But when it's third down, it's third and 13. It's the fourth quarter. It's a little cold out. You're not playing in a dome. He doesn't scare me. He does uh, not scare me about making a play. And, and like, I know part of that's about, you know, he hasn't had great receivers, but I think everyone loves Andrews. Mm-hmm. Andrews did nothing the second half of the season. Like he could not get the ball to him. He does not scare people. I think the biggest thing is Lamar is the perfect storm of what a lot of NFL media is highlights quick clips but on tape me Frank we've had this conversation I wa- I love watching tape like literally our running back draft segment I watched maybe four hours of tape today while I was working just kind of like looking back and forth at my screen on my phone whatever I watched like two or three hours this weekend while I was uh, doing meal preps Lamar on tape is awful to watch if you've watched, like, you go from, like, watching quarterbacks who are considered elite. I always start off with the the cream of the crop. I start off with, like, you know, the Aaron Rodgers, the Joe Burrows, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes still, his tape, by the way, is the weirdest thing on the planet. Because if it wasn't the fact that he hits these throws, you'd think he's a horrible quarterback. But then he just makes the most ridiculous play, and it works. I love watching Jalen Hurts because his, his, read, his read progression is incredible. Justin Herbert, same thing. Um, and then I go to Lamar. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you should be progressing by now. You've been in the league for so long, but it looks like you're regressing. Every season, he gets just a little bit less accurate, and his decision-making gets worse. And I'm like, buddy, like, and I think the whole thing with not playing, I think it comes down to his lack of, lack of, like, counsel from not having an agent. I, if he was a seasoned vet, be. I think he'd be perfect. Look, if you don't scare me on third and long, then you're not an elite quarterback. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Like there's 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 ways to be good, and that is that is an absolute essential. You have to be able to make those plays. That's why he doesn't play well in the playoffs. You get into those situations. It gets tough. You know, I think the Ravens are being smart about this. Um, and I think the way it's being covered is is pretty vicious and like unfair in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. Everyone's saying that, like, oh, like he's there's a league collusion against him. I'm not so sure about that. I'm really like, and that first of all, that has happened in sports before. Mm-hmm. It has happened. There has been collusion, and it's been 
exposed, mostly in Major League Baseball. Um, but I don't, I really don't think that's the case right now. Like, who, who are the Ravens bidding against? Where is the right situation for him? We saw all this action today. We just talked about uh, like three teams in their quarterback situations. Who, who, where do you see a spot for him? I'm not sure I see it. I, 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 letting, I think they're letting other owners right now try and set the market for them. And I think they're going to match whatever offer they honestly, somebody gives him, but I think they're hoping that somebody bids low on him, doesn't give him all the guaranteed money he wants. And then Eric DaCosta is going to come and be like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. No problem. Sign him right now. Take two first round picks, call it today. I agree, Matt. I, I think that is exactly what they're thinking, but I'm wondering who this team is. Oh, I, yeah, maybe, I don't think maybe, can we run maybe, through maybe, like, Indy? is there like an ABC Indy? that we can run through? Because I'm kind of lost. I mean, maybe Indy, maybe Washington is going to try to do something, but Washington might be out now because this gave De'Aaron Payne a half a Brinks truck. So I don't know. Like, it's weird because everyone thought when they got the enemy as an offensive coordinator, that was like, oh, Lamar's coming. I'm like, uh, it's I still really think he should go to a dome. If it's any team, I, I really think it should be a dome team. Like Indy? You got it. Yeah, you should play to your skill set. I think Indy could be – I mean, is Indy really going to do that again, though? I, I've heard the reports that come out about Indy where they're saying, like, we're done doing this QB carousel thing. We're drafting a guy. Like, I think yeah, they were very him. upfront about that. Yeah. I remember there being a quote. So I, yeah. I don't think it's going to be Indy, although I think that would make sense. I think I just listen to McAfee too much. I think that's the problem. Me? No, I think I listen to McAfee too much. Oh. I think that's the problem. Um, I, I don't know. Like – I think the only team that has like so much open cap space and they could throw him the money is Houston, but Houston would never, and he would never go to Houston. I think they're betting against a fictional imaginary team. And when no offer comes because they've, the Ravens have played poker against Lamar for the last year and a half. And Lamar had the advantage until he sat out games. And now the advantage of public persuasion is leaning towards the Ravens. Everyone's ripping on the Ravens in the media, but the NFL world all is looking at Baltimore like, okay, they played this perfectly. Like, as much as Baltimore has been somewhat of a... Sh- also, Baltimore got burned. Everyone forgets. They gave Joe Flacco the Brinks truck, and they, the closest they got back to the Super Bowl was getting knocked up by Peyton in the miracle at the metal, the miracle at Mile High or whatever. So, I, I don't blame them for being cautious. I think Lamar tried to play chicken with the Ravens and they won. You know, you know what's funny about that deal? I remember that deal happening because Flacco was awesome in those playoffs and like nobody complained. Everyone was just like, my God, Joe Flacco just won in the Super Bowl. He looked sick for five weeks. Like, yeah, of course you got to do that deal. But looking back at it now, everyone's like, oh my God, the Flacco deal. It was like 20 million a year. Yeah, I think it was like it was like ninety over. That's 60 how much more a quarterbacks are getting paid right now. Oh, that was like twenty million a year, and he like reset the market. You know, that's how crazy it's gotten. Then you have the reverse where Matt Ryan took a cut and then had an MVP season. That was the other yeah. one that stood out to me. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely stands out. I mean, Atlanta would be an interesting spot, right? I don't know why they're not going all out for Lamar. It makes no sense to me. I, I, I think I think it, it makes sense to me. I would not want Lamar as my quarterback. It makes sense to me. But the fact that he's not able to get any of these teams to like why haven't we seen a headline where it says like X, Y, and Z talking having preliminary conversations with Lamar Jackson? Lamar why isn't there a video that we've seen of Lamar Jackson getting on a plane and someone's tweeting about where his jet's landing? Like that's what usually happens. We're seeing none of it. I know it's it's almost like they've got him in lockdown down in you know where's he which section of Miami is he from I can't even remember he's from I've, I've he's at Pompano Beach Pompano yeah. Beach okay um I, I'm surprised he's not in lockdown and him at his, at his house like just not leaving because yeah, like I don't, what, sorry I didn't mean to cut you off you're good, you're good I was I was ranting about like he's just no. gonna go. I was going to say to what Frank was saying before. Um, I mean, like you have fucking Jets fans got the flight info, the whole itinerary for Woody Johnson's plane going to California. We had a guy hiding in the bushes when we were interviewing Robert Sala was hanging outside of Florham Park in the bushes. We, he was he was an NYJ bush boy or something like that. But like we had crazy coverage and you got nothing on Lamar. Remember Deshaun Watson was all over in his little um and his fancy cars and his agents, like we wanted to and be the jerseys, like he had the picture of the four final yeah, jersey he was gonna take. Nothing on Lamar. This is weird, man. It's just everything feels oh, Frank, like, you're right. Was, this is everything feels off. 
everything's off, but I really don't think it's collusion, though. I really don't. Oh, no, I, just I don't think, think so I just think these think teams are play. smart. I think these teams have wised up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you even yeah. look at a contract yeah. like Dax. Dax was a really big deal. Although Dax did not hit free agency, mm-hmm. that was a battle. He went to war with the Cowboys, mm-hmm. and it ended with him getting like breaking his ankle, and he got the deal anyway. And he's he he's been fine, but is you know, you, I guess you got to pay him. But he's getting forty million dollars a year. I think he signed four years, sixty or something or, or something like that, or four years one twenty. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm bad at math right now. But he got forty million a year. So yeah. these teams looking at that and be like, what do the Cowboys do in the playoffs? Not much. Yeah, and it's not like do you do you really want to pay that guy forty million dollars? It you're you're short everywhere else like so i don't want to pay that for lamar and i think he wants more than 40 which is he's not worth 40 he's worth maybe 35 right now i could see no way i'm I'm paying i'm paying like 20 for lamar fair see i look at my team and the team that lost the super bowl the year before both of their quarterbacks up for contracts and burrow and hurts those are the engines that make that team run if you tell me, if you like, so the Super Bowl, right, Frank? I was upset about it. And I was upset, not because of how Bradbury got nailed with that call. I was upset because if you give Hurts a minute 20 to get down the field and either tie or win that game, you got a lot of Chiefs fans like clenching up because they're not ready. Because, like, he's done it before. He did it in less time against better, against better defenses. So, with same thing with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow had the Rams on the ropes. Donald doesn't hit him. Jamar Chase is trotting to the end zone. And that Stafford touchdown, I mean, that Stafford like victory parade never happens. So both back-to-back Super Bowls came down to one last call, one last bang-bang play, and that's what happens. But both those guys are terrifying human beings. They have like that kind of like that Jordan Kobe vibe as quarterbacks, that Brady, Brady kind of move where it's like, okay. You get my boy under center. He's going to kill you. You better hope you can stop him. With Lamar, like you said, unless he gets outside and some dude makes a stupid bonehead tackle, I don't really fear him. I don't. No, and you know what? I think I think we've drove that point home, but here's another one. The whole media, like every time you flip on Sports Center and they want to talk about Harbaugh and Lamar when the when things are rolling. Oh my God, this is the best rushing offense since you know X you know year. Yeah, we've all seen that a hundred times. You know that's like the big talking point is they built this team tailored to Lamar's skill set. We've all heard that said on ESPN a thousand times that oh they built around him. What a crazy strategy that is! Like what a masterful job by the Ravens front office. And it's, it, it's smart, and I'm not taking anything away from that. They did do that, and it has been successful in the regular season. But why aren't we talking about that now? You know, maybe one of the reasons, call me crazy, that none of these teams are reaching out to Lamar is they have not, you know, made the decision that, hey, we are going to to have you be the center of our universe. We are willing to tailor our entire coaching staff, our entire roster, our entire strategy around you. Because that's kind of what we've been told you have to do to win with Lamar. And, like, <laughs> that's a big mountain to climb. Those I are a lot also- of decisions that just have to go completely opposite that's to what you've been used ass. to doing. It's very similar to Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Draymond gets Ooh. paid a lot of money, but he Ooh. can't get traded. He can't get Ooh, traded because – Well, that's no, perfect. listen. He's more oh, no, valuable no, no. to the that's, Warriors. That's beautiful, that analogy. I love it. He's more valuable to the Warriors – than he is on any other team. Like when Dylan Brooks says like, you know, he's like, you wouldn't know who Draymond is if he was on any other team. Now that's a, that's an exaggeration, but he's onto something there. Like there is something to be said about the positional fit, the organizational fit. Mm -hmm. You can't trade Draymond and they've, they've definitely thought about trading Draymond, but they can't get much back from him. He's not Mm -hmm. worth as much to other teams. I think we're seeing the same thing with Lamar. Baltimore knows it. And they're waiting for someone to match. And Matt, like you said, it'll probably be low. I, you know what? And the more Frank, you probably you thought I thought Lamar to another team was going to happen. Now I'm kind of thinking I'm like, you know, 
maybe he is going to be a Raven for life because the thing is nobody else is going to take him. Now I would love for him to go to go to Washington and get that slime ball Heineke out of my damn division. <laughs> well, you don't like Heineke. I want that dude slammed through the turf as many times as possible. <laughs> I like Heineke. He's gritty, man. I like him. I would dude, have he's him gritty, but he's also a complainer. He gets tackled. He like he flops and then's like waving his arms. I, uh, I remember that play. He, oh he's God. a good backup, though, man. I wish. Oh, he, I wish backup. He's a gritty little bastard. The problem is, you can't be gritty, but then act like you're a victim. Like you pick a lane, dude. Like there, yeah. like it's the it's the biggest thing in football. Like CJ Gardner Johnson. That's not a normal thing for him, though. Wasn't that just one play? No, he's done so. He's done. Yeah, stuff he's like done that, that before. before. Okay, he's All done. Right. He's done weird things where it's like he acts like a victim one play, but then he's getting up after he just dove five yards across the pylon against the Bucks. And I'm like, dude, you got to pick a lane here. You either you're the gritty working man's quarterback, or you're a pretty boy calling for calling calling for pi. I mean, um, roughing the passer. I just I'm not the biggest Heineke guy because I've seen now I've seen both sides of the card. I'm not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> it's, in the NFL, I think it's the one sport where you have to be on brand, right? Like Juju this offseason has been on brand. He is a clown. Okay. He is too concerned about social media. And yes, I wanted to take at least one shot at Juju this offseason. Dude, you, he's you, more concerned you, about those. You got to, you, you just don't wear the skirt, man. The skirt. Oh yeah. Like, and you want to take shots at AJ Brown? Dude, AJ is looks like a linebacker. He'd knock your ass out. I mean, Juju's a big guy, dude. I don't know. Like, that would be a good fight. Dude, have you seen Juju? He's I've seen I actually seen him in person. Like, he's not he's a bigger guy. No, but like I also saw AJ AJ Brown in person. No, AJ Brown is a big dude. He's big, he is bigger than Juju, but we're talking about two of the biggest receivers. Like Juju looks like a tight end. Yeah, Ju- you know what? I give Juju credit because he's good at what he does. It's his attitude. Like, I think Vontez Burfecht knocks some marbles loose in his head. Not as bad as A.B., obviously, in that murder bowl game. But I think Juju, like, never – I don't think he ever kind of grasped the fact that, like, hey, I'm an adult. I'm a professional athlete. And also, by the way, I didn't do jack shit during the Super Bowl except get called for a penalty. But yeah, I mean, look, maybe I'm I, I mean, he, he he made some plays. Like everyone in Pittsburgh still like likes Juju. I mean, he, he's a um, but I I kind of take this side of it. The whole like new media thing with players, like that's basically what Juju's a part of. Where it's like, hey, I'm gonna build my brand right here and right now, and because no one's gonna give a shit when I leave the league, and I want to have, I, I maybe he wants to be a Twitch streamer. I don't know what he wants to do, but it seems like that. Um, you want to be like ASAP Rocky and just leave your career and become a model. Like, I don't know. It could be either things, anything in between. You never really know. Like he wants to just do TikTok dances maybe. Oh yeah. Can you hear me? Am I cutting out a little bit? I, we got you on video. You're, you're, uh, we got you on audio. Your video just cut out. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we hear yep. you. We got you. It's a little glitchy, but we got you. Listen, if he can't hear me, I'll just text him quick. No, I think he's. I don't know. Um, what was I gonna say? I, I think you're coming back. I got you now. Yeah, there we go. There, there we, we go. go. I just texted you like we got you. Um, I wait. No, to I listened that lot though about yeah. about Juju. I'm just kind of on the side of like I want my players just to have their number one priority to be <laughs> I want to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. And this is my number one job. I don't have a second job like that. That really resonates with me. And I think that's just deep down what every fan wants. Like, dude, no, I don't, I don't care to listen to any of these NBA players podcasts. Like if you're retired, I'll listen to it. Like I love JJ Reddick's podcast, Oh my god! but you know, like, dude, just, just do your job and like be a cool football player. Like that's, mm. that's the dream, isn't it? Like, do you gotta be on Twitch? Like, <laughs> I like I would like one of my dream guests. I'd love to have AJ Brown on, on a podcast because he's or even like I'd love to have Juju. Like I like these guys' personalities. I like the fact we understand who they are as people. But to say like Darius Slay has a podcast with Cowherd, but he only does it in the offseason. So I would like, I, I should have made that distinction. Offseason course, like do oh, whatever yeah. you want. Hustle, man. Get your get your cash. Do it. Like the biggest thing about the NFL, I don't know if Frank, you ever saw the 30 for 30 broke? 
with like oh, Andre Rise and Michael Vick. It's one of the yeah. go. It's one of the best ones of all time, right? Ever since I saw that podcast, listen, I'm blue collar as hell. I'll, I'll say this publicly: my biggest paycheck I ever got in my life for a year was like four, was like thirty eight grand. Okay, I have never seen what it's like to not have to struggle day to day for bills. Do I blame other people for making more than me or do it for me more successful? No, I'm a product of my of my work ethic and my environment. I'll get my shot. That's how this world works, especially in a capitalist America. Here's the thing. Not to get all economical and all like, uh, you know, fight the power kind of shit. Here's the thing. I love watching players get their money because when it's over, if unless you're Tom Brady or Greg Olson or even like guys like um, Tony Romo. Jonathan Velma or Emmanuel Acho. Emmanuel Acho was booty cheeks as an actual NFL player. He's a better commentator, even though he's not that bad. He's like more of a hot take artist than that. Marcellus Wiley was a average defensive end. He's become more of a personality. Perk. Perk was trash. No, he was just a good trash. defender. He was trash. He's a trash guy. JJ Reddick, dude, torched this dude like some bad hot sauce. But to my point, these guys make their money post-career. Go get your cash, man. Like guys like Todd Gurley, whose career ended too early because he just genetically got screwed. Guys like um uh, who's an, who's another one that it just that really contract was crazy. I was yeah, I know it was day. wild. Like why why do teams still do this with running backs? Like this it's gonna be a it's gonna like I would never take one of these guys in the first round. And I actually made a video a while back saying like I, I remember this video. I wait, did you post was this the running back video you posted? Yeah, it was a long form video. We're like, yeah, I, I, I think I remember you posted. I want to see these guys get paid too, but I would never pay one of them a big contract, the running backs at least. I would never do it. Like it's I, it's only shown to not work. Like there's, there's, there's no, there's not really any exception. Here's my thing, because I I think I actually texted you about this video. Was my biggest thing about running backs is that the NFL is very cyclical, right? We're coming out of the wide receiver pass first league, right? Who is the most impactful player in that, in that game in in, in the Eagles chiefs game? Arguably it was Isaiah Pachanko. That man literally kept some of those drives going. See, he's, he's a rookie though. He's an undrafted he's a rookie. rookie. Yes. He's a rookie. Seventh, right? seventh rounder or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's my other part of this game. Who was the biggest disappointment for Philadelphia besides Jonathan Gannon in those playoffs? It was Miles Sanders. Dude averaged like maybe 1.8 yard. He just left the game. He, yeah, literally, no. Uh, what was it? Sirianni pulled him. He goes, I'm done with you. That's why they let him walk. That's why they basically said, we're not going to bring you back. You killed Look, What you should be game. able to do, though, the rookie yeah. scale contracts were a good thing for the NFL because you had yeah. guys like um, Sam Bradford getting paid All like sleeves. You know, like crazy amount of money before ever playing a snap. You can't have that. But what you also can't do is have a running back that goes number two overall, like Saquon Barkley. And, you know, his best season is his rookie season. That's his prime. And he's he's never able to actually negotiate in his prime. That's totally unfair. He's 26 or 27 by the time he hits free agency. It's totally screwing the running back position. And it, you know, other positions get affected too. Like, you know, I guess corner is kind of hard as well. Like, but it's really running back that gets the short end of the stick here. You should be able to negotiate. Oh, yeah. So I, I think maybe we'll never get to the part where they can negotiate the rookie deal as much. There, there's going to be scaling. I think scaling, as much as it sucks for certain positions, scaling is good because of, like you said, the Sam Bradfords, the Jamarcus Russell moves, all that stuff, right? The biggest thing with running backs is the evolution of how the running game has been done, where like every team has a decent number two running back. Everyone always makes the argument, oh, you can always get one in the second round. Yeah. Go get an all-star. Go get a Henry. Go get a Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, whatever. Le'Veon Bell was a second rounder. Mm, yeah, but Le'Veon Bell also just his career died after he just said, you know, um, I'm gonna sit out yeah. for a year. He also turned down $15 million to play football. That's that usually doesn't um, help. Stupid. On this stupid. day four years ago, four year $52 million contract. He was getting $13 million a year. Didn't he? Yeah, he played with your job. Got his money, man. He, he got his money, yeah. but it cost him his he got, career. Uh, Two of the four years, both with Adam Gase, both were horrendous. I don't think he ever had a hundred yard game, but you can't, you know, it's Adam Gase. You can't tell me it went well when you're fighting Adrian Peterson in a boxing match three years later. You just just can't. Or, or that he's losing his good job to a like 38 year old Frank Gore in like 2021 or whatever it was. Yeah, that's the reason why they still pay running backs. 
it doesn't in Derrick Henry the same reason. And he, like they're talking about trading Derrick Henry. He's really the only exception. He's the only one to have like seriously good seasons post 27, 28 years old. I will raise you. I think that Derrick Henry is the next exception. Could I think be. Henry takes, Henry takes I, I, good enough care of his body. It, the kicker is with running backs. So the running back is the most important position on the football field when it comes to taking care of your body. Brady proved if you take care of your body as a quarterback, you can play so you're almost 50. But his arm, you started to see he didn't have his fastball anymore, and it was starting to affect his accuracy. But with running backs, sometimes you're fucked genetically. Like Arian Foster, Todd Gurley, exceptional backs. But they just they couldn't hang on. I think guys like Saquon and JT, I think they look at guys like Peterson and look at guys like Henry who take care of their body. Henry's routine is insane. I don't know if you've ever like gotten a oh, back. I've seen the videos. I've seen the it, videos that like that's he, just the teaser, man. Some of the stuff that like he and Tyreek Hill do are like, I mean, they're otherworldly. They don't seem like they should be possible for humans to do. Um, guys, I, this is amazing. I love the show. I got a bounce right now. I got an NCAA player draft. Wish me luck. I'm coming for that nice. title this year. Oh yeah, Frank, man. Hopefully, we get you back on the show soon, man. Good luck on your bracket, by the way. Yeah. It's a, it's a player draft. It's it's Ooh. level up. Yeah. There we go. By the way, my Panthers in the first round, that play-in. There you go. Listen, my my Tar Heels have been dead in the water. So at this point, I'm rooting for my second team, Miami. So that's all I got. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to find any of his amazing content, Frank Michael Smith on TikTok, YouTube, and you got the FMS podcast now. It's kicking and rolling. Twitter, Frank Mike Smith. If you want to find Frank Mike Smith, that's right. I appreciate you guys. You're the best. Hey, listen, favorite guest of the show, Frank Michael Smith. Clap it up for him. Let's go. Cool. Thank you guys. Thank you for stopping by. Thanks, Frank. I love having him on. That was that was awesome. Cause you know why? Grew up like us. He's our age. He gets our he gets our like whole thing right. And it's great when I have like a guest like that, where I just like text like, "Hey, what's going on? How's how's life treating you? Welcome on the show." It's like, "Fuck yeah, let's do it." I'm like, "Yes, we're back in business." What what, what the fuck were we just talking about? Oh, we were talking oh, about running. Yes. Well, this is perfect because I want to talk running backs for the draft. So, Frank, thank you for what you've done, my friend, because you know what? I think running backs should get paid, but you have to take care of yourself. And one thing I was going to make before Frank had to dip was you ever notice how NFL athletes in their videos, they're getting away from the traditional lifts. It's a lot more band work, cables, body weight. And somebody like me who's dealing with an injury at 27 years old. I'm starting to get, I'm starting to understand it, man. Listen, I did most of my workouts today was cables. I think half my, no. The only thing that was a traditional lifting of weight was a Smith machine military press. That's it. Everything else was cables or bands. And you know what? I had a great workout. My body feels great, but you know what? I'm going to get up tomorrow morning and feel like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. NFL guys are, if you ever want to see how to keep yourself in shape and get keep feel better, watch NFL guys workouts. You don't have to do them at that intensity, but maybe follow their trend, I guess. But, folks, we're talking running backs today. Mason, of course, is out. I want to thank again my Frank Michael Smith, my dog, for coming on. If you have not checked out his show or his YouTube channel or his TikTok. Dude, I found this dude on TikTok. I had already been subscribed to him, and then his agent randomly hit up Belly of Sports about coming on one of our shows. Oh, but I forgot to mention the Frank, like the Brant brothers and my coworkers. He did a whole story on them. Damn it, it slipped out of my hands. I'll, I'll text him about it later. But um, let's talk running backs, because then we all we got is clown question. I mean, clowns of the week, and then that's it. Now, do we have to do Tuesday clowns of the week or Monday clowns of the week? We want to hold that for Thursday. Let's hold it for Thursday. Well, Thursday, got it. All right, here we go. We'll have a lot to add to that list, I'm sure, by Thursday. Oh, my God, yes. All right, here we go. Let's crank that rock music here. We're talking running backs. So, y'all know the rules. Matt and I talk about five running backs we like. We got a fit for them, awesome. Player comp for them, awesome. This is a very free-range segment. So, I am going to start off with my number five running back. If I could actually pronounce this dude's name correctly, I would say it. 
So I'm going to look up at the PFF website and check his name again. That would be out of the University of Texas A&M. Oh, Devon, Devon, Ar- Devon Arche is my number five running back. Listen, dude has game-breaking speed, but little on the small side. Mm-hmm. His pro comp to me is a hybrid of Kenny Gainwell meets Naheem Hines. Two guys who dominated in the playoffs with, on their respective teams, or at least were game changers. Very quick, very ex- accelerates fast. I just worry about the body size. I think he's a good change of pace back. I think for a team like Tennessee, who has a big back, or a team like Indy, who has a bigger back, kind of a nice change of pace. I like him a lot. I think he's a good fit. Maybe also in like Las Vegas or in Los Angeles Chargers now because apparently they're going to lose Austin Eckler. Yeah. So that's my number five. Number four out of UCLA, Zach Charbonnet. Charbonnet? Charbonnet? Whatever. And in my notes, it says big with some wiggle. This dude is a. <laughs> Downhill smashing running back. I love how he attacks the ball. Gets into the secondary and just wreaks havoc. But he's a lot of his runs, Matt, he gets in the secondary. Guys are waiting for contact. He gives them a little shimmy shake and gets around them. I love watching it. It was a very entertaining highlight tape. And honestly, not a bad I think a lot he's a more athletic James Conner. That's what I gave him as my as my uh, as my pro comp. Okay. Where I think like where James Conner struggles to like you know make guys miss, this dude can make guys miss, but he's not gonna blow past you on runs. Number three is out of the University of Tulane, Tajay Spears. Now this boy can do some things, man. Great catching the ball in the backfield accelerates like a rocket. Him not running the 40 scares me a little bit. He's, if you want my bank on what he runs, probably about a 4-4-8, four, 4-5 four, four, five, four, five flat. His pro comp to me is Dalvin Cook. He's that Dalvin Cook type where he's going to run downhill. He's very stiff, very upright with his run, but he's good at movement, good at catching the ball in the backfield. Can Blake break uh, break long plays. I think he's very good at accelerating, making the play he needs to make, securing the ball, getting yardage. He's a good in-between back. He can take three straight carries, take five carries on a drive. He's that kind of running back. I like Tajay Spear. Number three. The fact that this dude gets Alvin Kamara comps is stupid. He's more like CJ2K to me. That's out of the University of Alabama, formerly Georgia Tech. Jimmy again. He is my second favorite running back in this class. Honestly, either one, two, or three going to my Eagles would make me very happy. I also, by the way, honorable mention, I'll give him Tank Gibbs. Uh, I think it's Tank Gibbs when I said. I liked, yeah, Tank Bigsby. Sorry. Tank Bigsby and Kendra Miller are my two honorable mentions. Big, physical guys who smash, lower their shoulder, and run. Love it. But Jameer Gibbs, the uh, Jameer Gibbs has some pop in those pads. But dude, Maddie, I have not seen a guy two step and run past people since like at the running back position since like CJ Chris Johnson. Like I'm surprised this dude didn't run a faster forty. I think his game speed is even more impressive, and he just every, everything just right, man. Catches the ball in the backfield well, breaks tackles, secures the ball, can make dudes miss. He gives me Chris Johnson vibes. And number one, like any of us thought I was going to say anybody else, it's Bijan Robinson. Bijan is weird because he's not like any running back. He's not as like explosive. He's more patient than explosive. So he's like a faster, more athletic Le'Veon Bell. Less, he's not as good as a receiver's Le'Veon, obviously. But he, the way he runs, the way he like is a magician. A little shady, a little Le'Veon, a little Saquon, a little. He's got pop. He's got speed. He can block. You know what? He's a complete running back. 
whichever team drafts him is going to be very happy. I think his best fit is Philadelphia. This isn't bias. I'm just saying he can split carries with Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott. He's behind a good old line where he can develop his ability to read the read the line, find good holes. In a run-first offense, he's going to get the ball early. Often, he's going to get reps. And he'll be, and like I said, I can't stress this enough. Top two O-line, man. You, you can't, for a rookie running back, stress that enough. I think if he's there, I think if he's there, Philly should take him. I think he should hope Philly grabs him. All right, Maddie, who are your top five? All right. I got some. I mix it up a little bit. We kind of got the same-ish list. Um, my number five is who we were talking about at the beginning of the show is, um, oh, man, the freaking guy that we couldn't remember his name, Devon. What would you say his last name was? How you pronounce that one? Um, oh, uh, Devon Ache, Ache, maybe. Ache. Yeah, man, we're gonna. I'm gonna butcher it either way. But I, I, I like him. He, he. Listen, he is a fast man. He ran the fastest forty time for running backs on the draft and the combine at a four point three two. Um, not a lot of people know this guy, but I compare him to Ty Johnson with speed. Jets running back. Uh, that's a free agent right now on the market. But a man that once he bursts and he finds that lane, you can't tackle him. You can't stop him. He's too fast. I give him like a. Like a mix of like a Ty Johnson speed, but I, I think pro wise, like a prime young Mark Ingram kind of sounds like that makes some sense. So then, Ooh, okay. Then you have number four is when he switched up a little bit. I like Keaton Mitchell. Ran a four three seven, another fast guy like that. I a guy that just once he hits the gas pedal, he just accelerates and he's just out of the pocket. A man that's just once he sees that hole open up, he just he just exploits it. I like him as like a Brees Hall kind of guy in this next draft, like a little like a the Brees Hall of 2023 type draft. Uh, number three, I also have Tajay Spears. Um, I liked your comp. I really liked your comp with Dalvin Cook. I got him as what Devin Singletary was supposed to be for Buffalo. A guy that could do it all, run and catch, but at the same time, just obviously would just put it together more than obviously Singletary was able to. Because I see the potential in him, but I think Spears could be what they wanted him to be. And then you got Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. Another gadget kind of guy, another fast guy, another guy that I think is going to creep up in the draft. It's going um, to go a little higher than I think originally people were thinking he was going to go. Um, you were, you mentioned before, you know, you know, he had some Alvin Kamara comps. I kind of like him with Austin Eckler just as a much better rusher than Eckler, but a guy that can also do it all. <clears throat> and then number one, obviously we're going to end it off with Bijan Robinson. Um, I'm comparing him right now. I think the Josh Jacobs, just a guy that can just has speed and that also could just be physical and just break through when you need him to. Um, but I, I think he's going to be the best player in the draft. And I think he has a lot of traits with Josh Jacobs. And I, it's not a bad thing to have, obviously. But those would be my my top five and my comparisons for all of those guys. I like it. I mean, it's so weird. Your pro comps are so vastly different when it comes to the way they – some of their attributes. But you know what? I, I like the out-of-the-box look at it. I really do. Trying to come up um, with some different ones than what – the analysts say, and then also what oh, you know. Yeah, I also just try not to listen to analysts because I feel like half these draft analysts are morons. Um, by the way, next Monday is our draft show. I mean, no, it's our wide receiver edition, which is always fun. Uh, it's kind of a smaller class this year, so it should be a lot easier than our 2020 wide receiver show, which was ridiculous. Yeah. That was um. A lot. Then we have tight ends and offensive linemen and D linemen, edge rushers. Then we have linebackers. And then we have um, uh, defensive backs. And then we have our uh, mock draft. And then it's, uh, yeah, NFL draft, pre, uh, NFL draft show. I will be live on, uh, I will be live on our boy Dan Mater's show as usual. Matt will be boots on the ground at Jets, at Jets, uh, at Jets Con down there at the Meadowlands for the watch party. Hopefully so. I'm waiting for them tickets to come out so I can secure mine, but uh, that is the plan right now. Uh, oh, hopefully we yeah. have uh, something uh, to look forward to this year. There you go. 
any no other breaking news really since the show has ended. I mean, the the show is going on. Obviously, Jason Kelsey back with the Eagles. Love it. That man's a heart and soul of this team. Um, oh, speaking of what uh, Frank was asking about earlier, I just this just came out two minutes ago. Uh, Patrick Peterson is getting two years, fourteen million, so he's getting seven million a year. That's not terrible. So if he's uh, still tuning in at all, that is the update for his Pittsburgh Steelers corner. There you go. I mean, it's definitely be interesting. We didn't even talked Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins. That was in so all right. So one, the Rams. I don't even know if they even cared. They they absolutely got fleeced, in my opinion. Get a third round and a practice squad tight end for Jalen Ramsey, who may be coming off a down year, had some injuries, but in my opinion, I think it's still a top five corner, or at least can be a top five corner. He may not be prime peak Jalen Ramsey, but I think he still has at least two to three more productive years in him. You know what? I think Ramsey – Ramsey's our age, by the way. Do you, I, I people forget He's 27 that. or 8. Yeah. He's 27. He's our age. Yeah. I honestly think he's got about four more good years left. He's got on a full contract left. And Darius Slight proved, man, listen, if you take care of your body, you can be a elite cornerback. Yeah, I mean, like so, we were just talking about, you look at Patrick Peterson. I mean, at this at this age in a corner's career is usually when they look up at switching to free safety or something like that just to expand their life. And he's not even at that stage yet. He's still pumping it out at corner. I but, think after yeah. this stint in Miami, he should switch over to free safety. Yeah. He's got a while. Well, with Jalen Ramsey going to Miami, I mean, I, I mean, you had Sauce and DJ Reed were running that running that division with the cornerback duos. Now you have Ramsey and Xavier Howard. That's a fantastic duo to have going into the season with the Miami's defense that needs that needed to get more strength on that side of the ball. So that, it's going to be fantastic for them. I mean, they're making moves. They're making a lot of moves, but Ramsey is a good one. I think that tomorrow is going to be. Absolutely fucking batshit. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be batshit, and it's going to be even crazier when you get that first handful of guys that pull in Anthony Barr and opt out of their deal. That's why, like, everybody's all excited about, you know, Jimmy G's a Raider. Like you know, I Carson said, the first Reed. two minutes, until I see that ink signed, I don't want yeah. to hear it. Yeah, right now it's like, you know, right now is a as a period of celebration. It is not a period to gloat. Because also, if Frank you, said it best, he goes, listen, like, the draft is big, guys. Some of the biggest moves in the uh, in the offseason happened in the draft last year. Yeah. Oh yeah. All, all like that. We saw Mark. We saw two receivers get direct traded in the first round: Marquise Brown and AJ Brown. And then we also saw um, the year before, like like the Eagles' biggest move last offseason, non AJ Brown related, was they grabbed Gardner Johnson right before uh, the season started. They signed Bradbury a week in the training camp, and they grabbed Hassan Reddick on the first day of free agency and then didn't do shit. Mm-hmm. Guys, and the same thing, the Chiefs, their be- some of their best moves were like post-free agency. This gets all the hype because it's the first big NFL news. But either way, I want to thank Frank Michael Smith, our dog, for coming on. Go check out his content. He is one of the best... Also, go check out our content. Matt's been killing it with the TikToks lately. Um, Mason's on vacation. He'll be back Monday. Thursday is the Corner Booth pregame Jared's birthday show. Always a fun time. We end up not talking WBC or NCAA sadness, and I'm okay with that because my Tar Heels don't want to talk about it. Um, But, yeah, no. Uh, we're my D bass cap today because we gave the number two prospect in baseball a eleven and now an eight year extension. Eight year, gotta love it. Speed, power, and a great Corner, head of hair. Gotta love Corbin a, uh, Real quick though, on that one, I think that is a brilliant move for the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. It's 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 pretty much what Atlanta does is when they lock up their guys young for a long period of time, and then eventually they realize they probably could have made some more money if they waited a little bit. But it's smart for the Diamondbacks to get under it while they can. Yeah. Because I think the Diamondbacks looking at the Braves like the Diamondbacks have a bit. Arizona is a bigger market than Atlanta. Technically, they just don't market the team. Well, the Diamondbacks have been bad for have been bad for a lot of their years because they think like a small to mid market team, where they need to think like a mid to large market team. 
but they need to be smarter with their money than say like an LA or a San Fran does. But either way, enough Diamondbacks talk today. Shout out to our amazing sponsors, Candidips.com, promo code, they'll have 20 for 20% off, and GeekSpecial.com, promo code, corner roof for 10% off. I am your host, Jerry Clem. That is Matt Ardazza. We will see you guys on Thursday for the corner roof pregame. Peace. Hey, guys. Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Podcast Network. Are you looking for a pair of sunglasses that are as about a good time as we are here at the Corner Booth? Well, look no further. Yeats official sunglasses are polarized, stylish, and fit any occasion. Enjoy it. Here at the Corner Booth, we each got a pair. We're rocking right now in studio. You want yours? Go to yeatsofficial.com, promo code CORNERBOOTH for 10% off, and get your pair now. My personal recommendation, the Aquas.